Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's a Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Trot's Live. And for many listeners this year, this has been their favourite segment of the entire week on Trot's Live. He tells it as it is. He's clear and concise in his thoughts and opinions. Mick Gurren, Mick, how are you, mate? And uh, where about are you today as you travel all over backwards and forwards and here, there and everywhere? Good morning or good afternoon, Toby. It is now, so good afternoon to you and all our listeners. Uh, I'm in Auckland today. I've got a couple of other gigs coming up, but I'm uh, pretty much here for the next two weeks, which will be nice to to go to some racing, to be a lot of harness racing here. The Premiership in New Zealand's going down to the wire, the Trainers Premiership. We have a lot of gallops action here as well, too. We have big racing at Pukekohe on, uh, on Boxing Day. And, yeah, we'll do a couple of weeks here, make sure the right thing happens, and then head to the Gold Coast for the sales. And then we start travelling again, Toby. So I think I've got about 28 flights for next season already. So... We've got a fair bit going on, what's, what's going on, but it'd be nice to be home for a couple of weeks. So Steve and Amanda Telfer at 94 wins and Mark Burden and Hayden Cullen at 93. So when you say it's going down to the wire, it is going to go down to the wire. Yeah, well, Mark and Hayden only have a couple of horses entered over the weekend, whereas Steve and Amanda have a lot more. And they probably have three or four winning chances. Mark and Hayden should probably win two. But here's the thing, because they actually bet on the premierships. Um Steve and Amanda will race at three different venues next week, maybe four. Uh, whereas I think Mark and Hayden are done. I think after Saturday night, that's been done. So pretty much it's a fader complete, unless something really odd happens, um, that Steve Telfer and Amanda, who's his sister, will become New Zealand's premier trainers. And what would stun a lot of people... That means it'll be four years since the All-Stars, whether that was Mark Purden with Hayden Allen or Mark Purden mm. with Natalie Rasmussen, have won the Premiership at New Zealand because Robert Dunn has won it the last two years. So a lot of people would think, much like Emma Stewart, it's just a matter that they just line up and win everything and therefore they would be the champion trainers. Well, that's actually not going to be the case. So, yeah, Robert Dunn with 124 last year, so it's spread out a bit more even this year. Stephen Amanda Telford, 95. Michael House was 122 uh, last year. We, we're used to much bigger numbers over here in Australia. Uh, that is for sure, mate. Yeah, well, look, Mark and Hayden would only have horses most weeks race Friday night, maybe Sunday. That'd be it. Hmm. So they, would, they, they wouldn't line up a horse Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, New Zealand most weeks. And there's virtually no Saturday harness racing here. So, yeah, really interesting time for the premierships. Um, obviously, things are going to change. Nathan Purden, I wouldn't suggest, will join Mark in partnership after coming back from Victoria. And Hayden Cullen's off to join Team Telfer, who, who would only get bigger. And I reckon they're certainties for the premiership next season. That away, uh, that aside, I should say, 
we've had some really interesting Group 1 racing over the last week. We've had a couple of big-name retirements, though. Spankham's as good as retired. He's done a pedal bone. He's, he's seven, so I doubt he'll be back. And Darling Me, who was going to be coming or going to Menangle, she's been retired, the daughter of Adore Me. She's gone 151, so she's worth a stack of money. And True Fantasy's been retired. So I, I think it's a really interesting situation we find ourselves in now that this season is a calendar year. We're getting close to December 31. And now I think on both sides of the Tasman, there's a lot of tired horses. There's tired horses and there's tired people. People are tired and grumpy and, you know, they're bugged. They've had a bloody long time because I still don't think the harness people have got their heads around the fact that, you know, winter is now the time when you're going to need to take your break because once yeah. we all put the pedal to the middle, November, December, January, February, March, you know, through to those big races there, it really is going to be no days off type stuff for those leading trainers and drivers for what's going to be sort of a five-month period now, Toby. So, yeah, I'm hoping people do the right thing by themselves and say to each other, look, you know, June and July, we're going to need to bugger off somewhere. That's probably not aided by the fact that Queensland have raised stakes today. The Blacks of Fakes going to 400,000. The, uh, the Sunshine Sprint's going to 200, and the Trotter's up to 100, which is all wonderful, wonderful stuff. But, Yes, I think people still need to get their heads around the fact that we're going to need to find a break somewhere because uh, people can't work 365. Well, well, that might be the, that might be the solution to the problem for some. Take take two horses to Queensland, give the rest a few weeks off, and and have a working holiday in Queensland. Well, that's why I think eventually, as much as I enjoyed the Inter Dominions in Victoria, I think eventually it's where the Inter Dominion belongs. I think you could say to yourself, let's put it somewhere like then whether it's earlier or later, and people want to go there. I'll go next year, God willing, um, in December, but I don't really want to be hacking around Queensland in the middle of summer. And I I think if you're going to talk about travelling horses, it's an incredibly difficult thing for some people to do so. But the Inter Dominions is something we've spoken about a lot. We both know there's changes needed there, Toby, financially, um, and maybe there's more security about where it's going to be every year. But I still think deep down inside... As much as I really enjoyed the carnival recently, I think Victoria has enough big racing with the Vic Bread, the Breeders' Crown, obviously the Victoria Cup and the uh, the wonderful weekend, which is Hunter Cup weekend, with the lead-up races like the Chef Cup and Ballarat. I think there's enough good racing in Victoria that if the Inter-Dominions wasn't part of the three-yearly schedule, I don't think too many people would miss it. And I'm not being horrible in saying that. I just think there's enough good racing in Victoria. You almost don't need it. <laughs> But from a Queensland perspective, are they sort of, you know, ruining their own carnival if they run the Inter-Dominion Carnival every year? Because then, like someone like me, I'm not going to go to both, so then I've got to choose between which one I go to. And at the moment, like, I'm just happy to go up to the Blacks of Fake Carnival each year. So, you know what I mean? Yeah, look, I agree, 100% agree. Yeah. I, I just, um, what would be really tempting for me is this, and this sounds horrible, but it's still true, you don't have to hold the Blacks of Fake. Now, just, just hold them to Dominions, take the money from the Blacks of Fake, and make a million dollars into Dominion. Because a lot more people are going to turn up at Albion Park or the new track in a couple of years for an Inter Dominion. And people might say, well, then you're losing the Blacks of Fake. Well, oh. I, the money still stays in the system. It's just more money going to the Inter Dominion pacing final. So I have the same argument about, you know, the trotting slot race in New Zealand, which this week didn't get off the ground for next year. It was going to get off the ground. I would have been happy to see them say, look, let's swallow the Anzac Cup. It's 100 grand. Let's get rid of it. 
and put the money into the trot slot race because those big bang events get people's imagination going. And the Black the Fake's a hell of a big deal at 400 grand. But in the week leading up to the Black the Fake, unless you live in Queensland, zero people are talking about it. And that's not being mean to it because it's the same thing happens for the, the Fremantle Cup or the WA Cup. Whereas if you put that money into an Inter Dominion Toby, um, you still have the same horses. So the money stays in the same pool because the same horses are getting that pool of money. And I don't think you lose anything out of it. Mick, Mick I think the 2000 Inter Dominion was the best ever. And in that series, right, the Hunter Cup and the Victoria Cup were part of the point system to the Inter Dominion series. So for extra points, basically, if you won either of those races, you made it into the Inter Dominion final. Maybe there's some, there's an answer or a solution in there. Does the Blacks of Fake drop back to a $100,000 race and become part of the heats of the Inter-Dominion series, if that makes sense? Is that crazy? I, I know what you're saying. I've thought about it in that regard too. But the thing about it is I still think unless the Inter-Dominion gets to a million dollars, we're yeah. all kidding ourselves. Yeah, right? yeah, no no right. one in New Zealand thinks... There's not a person in New Zealand who thinks the Inter-Dominion is the biggest race in Australasia because it's not. Yeah. That's just... People might, it might be the most important race in their minds, but that's people holding on to what they believed 20 years ago. It hasn't been for a long time. I mean, the Miracle Mile is worth a million dollars, and the race by Grins is worth a million dollars, and then there's the race in Perth worth a million, and, and then there's obviously the uh, the other Eureka. race, which is two million. Eureka, which I keep forgetting the name of. So, uh, and, and to be perfectly honest, because it's only open to Australian bred horses, it will have a minimal impact outside a couple of states as well, which is really terrible to say, and I fully understand what they're doing in saying that. But, um, yeah, so with the Inter-Dominion, it's got to be a million dollars. Otherwise, people will look at the industry and go, how's your biggest race half a million? Like if somebody told you mm-hmm. the Melbourne Cup was $2 million, you'd laugh. Mm. And it's not to be laughed at because it's still an incredibly big deal, and people would still want to win it, but it doesn't deserve to be $2 million. And the Inter Dominion definitely doesn't deserve to be only a hundred grand more than the Blacks of Fake or the WA Cup, which most people listening to this won't even watch. So I think you can swallow these races and make them into other things. One of the harness racing's problems is people that think, oh, well, this is this is this and this is that we can't change them. In an industry this small, where you probably have ten administrators who actually have any power, you change whatever you want. Mm. They change the Miracle Mile from the end of November till March. It hasn't affected anybody's life at all. So I think there's no reason we can't change these things. They invented the race by grins. And at the moment, the race by grins will be stronger than the Inter-Dominion final. Absolutely, certainly, 100%. There's no doubt the race by grins will be stronger than the Inter-Dominion final because it'll have copy that, self-assured, Akuta, probably Majestic Cruiser or maybe the horse who won the Inter-Dominion final, uh, and or, Rock and Roll do. Or Major well, Meister. Strong. Well, it could have any of those horses, and the bottom line is that's what a million dollars does. If the race by Grins was $400,000, it wouldn't have any Australians. It's going to be a million dollars, and it will have Australians because they got four out of nine this year. So I think, I'm not saying Queensland have to do this. They can do whatever they want. They're in charge of their own destiny, but I think trying to pretend that half a million dollars is enough for the Inter-Dominion is, is a bit of navel-gazing, which we don't really need to be getting into. Now, who's the who will be the best horse in New Zealand? Open age paces. Krug's just beaten Self Assured and Spankham in the Invercargill Cup, and copy that is dominating up north. Is 
Copy that just going to be the best horse over the next 12 months from New Zealand, no. Mick? Or? I think he's the best horse here yep. in, in New Zealand. I still think as best I can work it out, the best horse in Australasia might be Rock and Roll Do. Yeah. But obviously he, he has some gullibilities. He doesn't handle the standing starts and he's yet to take that form on the road. It's remarkable how many people... Well, look, they have state champions and they have standing start champions and two-mile champions and all sorts of nonsense. You know, and obviously Menangle's a place where some horses love Menangle, but until you take it on the road, it's really hard for it all to matter. And I admire McStanley for taking rock and roll to it on the road and it'll make him a better horse. Um, I, I still think he might be the most talented of those horses, but he also doesn't have a lot of gate speed, and that's an awfully big problem heading forward. Mm. Um, yeah, if, if you had the race by Grins market open now, copy that should be favourite. If you had the market open for the Hunter Cup, Rock and Roll Do should be favourite. And anything in between, I just don't know. Self-assured won't come for the Hunter Cup. Um, I do think Copy that still, I wouldn't give up on him in Victoria, but he did start four times there in his latest campaign for one win and three unplaced runs. So I think more and more, and I've been saying this for a couple of years, it very much is horses for courses, or in this case, horses for states. Menangle horses love Menangle. Yeah, Some yeah, horses yeah. are perfectly suited to Melton Racing. Um, and obviously the Kiwis are good at what they do at home, but a lot of them get very much out of their comfort zone where they have to do those early burns they have to do in Australia. And that, that's... That's proved to be a really big issue, unless they're Mark Purden trained horses, which, like Emma Stewart going to Menangle, they seem to adapt. But I think for the mere equines of the world, um, when you have to change what you do every week to something different, it tends to expose most of them. Well, have you got a favourite highlight from the year? Was it copy that in the NZ Cup? Is that your number one highlight? No, the, my favourite highlight was the race by Grins, not so much for the fact of who won it, because that was cool too, but, but it, it was a true Trans-Tasman race. It was the only true Trans-Tasman race I saw yeah, this year. Yeah, for all the um, he, beat, yeah, he beat Majestic Cruiser, you know, he beat Young Trainers. It was very much New Zealand versus Australia, and harness racing absolutely needs that to survive for yeah. most people. Like, the Vic Bridge on tomorrow, it'll be fantastic. There'll be some wonderful racing there, but very few people outside people in Bolton, Victoria, will care. And that's not being harsh on the Vic Bridge. People care when they're involved. And if anybody wants any evidence of that, who won the sprint on the first day at Ascot this year? Everybody knows the King Stand was won by Nature Strip. Who won it the year before? No, and I'll be buggered if 99.9% <laughs> of people would have any chance of... They don't know because people care when their countrymen or their states or their mates or whoever are involved. And the New Zealand Cup's proof of that. It's a far better race with the Australians there. And as we saw at the recent Inter Dominions, they would have been far stronger with copy that self-assured and Sunday Sun or Muscle Mountain. So I think the more we can do that, Toby, the better. And for that reason, the race by Grins, and I think hopefully the Hunter Cup gets to the same way, is gonna is gonna be you know we're gonna see more of this heading forward, but that was the highlight to me. Um, the low light, um, if we're sticking to harness racing, uh, but obviously the passing of Roy Purden, he is a legend, and not many there's not many legends. They don't come much bigger than him. Yeah. He passed away this year, so that was one of those um, one of those uh, milestone moments in the passing of a torch. Even though Roy had been trained for a long time. 
um, there's not many people who you catch with the same breath who are respected worldwide like him. So there were goods and bads in 2022, and let's see how the game develops in 2023. The one thing I should I would say, having spent a lot of time travelling, Toby is administrators, drivers, trainers, everybody should be open to change yeah. because there's going to have to be change because the gallops have just swallowed market share in Australia and so have the greyhounds. And the greyhounds, greyhounds big time. Greyhounds' market share is massive. And if harness racing wanted to remain relevant and sexy and cool and have people want to take their missus or their boyfriend or whoever to the races, they've got to say, let's change some stuff up. And I think that's... that's that starts maybe with the Inter Dominion and, and let, let, let's see where we all go with this. But um, yeah, the one thing I have really enjoyed, probably, and I didn't think I'd enjoy it, Toby, mm-hmm. is the change in coverage. I think Trot's vision, um, uh, I left the studio on Inter Dominion night really proud of what everybody achieved in Trot's vision. That's a broad spectrum conversation involving harness racing Victoria, a lot of tech people. Ryan Phelan was the instigator behind it all. But it also made me sad because I realised that that's how harness racing coverage should be done six to eight to 10 to 12 times a year or maybe every Saturday night on a slightly smaller budget. But when you do something that well, and I'm not talking about me personally, I'm talking about the coverage, and then you realise that all these wonderful stories for many weeks will literally cross to Melton. They're scoring up as they are right now. They show the race and on Skype disappears again. It made me sad to think that's what what, what was a great sport used to be, has become coverage-wise. So, yes, that's something I think the industry need to consolidate and work on having up, not just for Victoria, but for the Blacks of Fake, for the Inter-Dominions, for the Miracle Mile, because otherwise the people who watch Trot's Vision that night and went, wow, this is really good, these are interesting stories, are going to have to go back to a diet on Miracle Mile night of crossing to the track two and three minutes out, and I just think that is disenfranchised punters to the point where you really struggle to get those people back, Toby. Yeah, that consistency, yeah, it was wonderful coverage, and I, the, the cost of it is obviously prohibitive to do that week in, week out at this stage, but I suppose Trot's vision has been building over four or five years, led by Cody Winnell initially, and uh, it, that was his vision to get get to basically where it was on Inter-Dominion night. That didn't happen overnight. It happened a long, long time ago, five, six years ago, I'd say that all started. Well, so, I, think, I think it needs to go to numerous states because the problem we've got at the moment is you're going to have really cool coverage like that. And we're coming back from the Hunter Cup, and it'll be cool. And then a month later, you're going to have a miracle mile. And this is not slagging Brittany or anybody involved in Sky, because Sky's model's different. They're not paid to promote harness racing. They're paid to sell bets. Yeah. And there's nothing Brittany can do about it or anybody else for that matter. But when you put that up and people are going to go, well, this is the miracle mile, and I'm watching it for three minutes, and then they jump to a greyhound race. And that, that's, that's been incredibly incredibly detrimental to the, the health of harness racing as a storytelling medium. Um, so, yeah, until we can fix that, then harness racing is going to be swimming against the tide, and that needs to be three states, maybe WA, but it's in a different time zone, getting together and saying, let's do this 10 to 12 times a year and giving people a reason to sit down in front of their television and not change the channels. And until that happens, you can write as many words as you want in the newspaper. I know all about that. And you can have as many other ways of doing things and as much Instagram as you want. But until your basic coverage is attractive to people, um, which doesn't happen often enough, then we're, we're swimming against the tide. 
Yeah, and Into the Midnight just showed that up 100%. Mick, thanks so much for your contribution throughout the year. Uh, it's always great to have a chat with you, and people love the clear thinking in the eye, and, 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 and in your mind, you, you know what you think, and, and you present it so well, and, and we love hearing from you every week, and uh, look forward to joining you throughout next year as well. Thanks, Toby. I appreciate the opportunity. It's always good to have long-form radio, and I know that all the people I've dealt with on this show genuinely care about the subject, which makes a real difference to me, mate. So yeah. Merry Christmas to you, to all of our listeners, and, yeah, hopefully, God willing, we'll be back in 2023 with uh, more opinions. Good on you, Mick. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. There is Mick Gurren, our great mate from New Zealand, and he's right on all the things he's saying. That minimum coverage for our big nights and... I'd like to see it 52 Saturday nights a year, but is it? Uh, it's not always Melton. If it's uh, Albion Park's night, then it's just Albion Park. We don't have to show an MO at Melton going around, do we? We can have Albion Park on Trot's Vision. I know there's a lot of hurdles and a lot of things uh, to get over to get to that stage. Let's get to a break. We've still got Jamie Cockshut, who's going to go into the awards section as well. We'll do some Tassie Awards with Jamie and... Uh, he was well aware I've, uh, gonna, I've been, I was going to give Ben Yol plenty of love in the overall award. So I said it today, Jamie, to think a little bit differently and a little bit laterally, and that is what he's done. Let's get a breakaway. We'll come back. Still, Jamie Cockshut to come.